Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. This podcast was inspired by a question I got from a brand new client and I thought this was a much better way to answer the question because I've gone away, I've done some research, I've taken some time, I've written down my thoughts and as I'm sure most people can tell, I prefer to talk my thoughts than write them, which is why I have a podcast and not a blog. So the question is, how can I handle a quote-unquote stuck mindset? The fear that age and perimenopause makes everything a lost cause. I'm embarrassed about this mindset, but alas, it's how I feel. I think this will resonate with a lot of people, And I think there is this weird like societal fear of aging, which is odd because the only way to avoid aging is to die, which I'm assuming most people don't want to do either. And the only other option really is to accept it and then to embrace it. Like I think maybe accepting first and then embrace it, which hopefully by the end of this podcast, I know that might seem like a long way off for a lot of people, but here is my challenge. By the end of this podcast, I want you to be embracing it. And as I was reading this question, it also made me think of a question Shona asked me, which was, do you think you have peaked? And it was a bit tongue in cheek and it was like a bit, it was meant to be a bit of a joke. So I'm not, (laughs) I'm not like calling her out on this. But what she meant was, do you think you've peaked physically? Like the way you look, the way you perform, And there is this thought that it's almost like internalized that how we look is what is most important and it's why people like us or it's why we are successful or it's what gives us like power or a stance. And even if you don't think that's completely true, I think there's an underlying thought there that that it plays a big impact. And ironically, you probably won't feel powerful when you're spending all your time worrying about how you look. So for example, like if you're a model and we idealize these models who look absolutely perfect, but yet I know (laughs) that models are the most self-critical people there are. And like, why wouldn't they be? Their whole job is to look a certain way. And I'm certainly glad that I'm not in that position. Like I wouldn't wish that on myself I wouldn't want to have to be so critical of myself and think that a lot of my worth was due to how I look which it would be very hard not to get into that mindset if your job was about looking a certain way so I may have technically peaked physically and I guess fortunately I really care less about that now which was probably part of growing up (laughs) and in a way in fact, in a huge way, I'm really grateful that I don't care about that as much as a lot of the effort that I once put into looking a certain way, training a hell of a lot, eating very strict diets, etc., etc., can now be placed elsewhere. And honestly, it's not even about the actions there. Like, I still train. I still eat pretty well most of the time. Maybe not quite as strict, but I actually don't think that would be an issue for me it's the amount of time I spent thinking about it. Like it isn't the action, it's the thoughts behind the action or the amount of brain power that takes up. 
like two people could be on exactly the same diet one person could be thinking about food the whole time and really struggle and the other person can just you know that's just what I'm eating and I'm getting on with the rest of my life and I think that's where I am now which kind of links to another question I had in check-ins it wasn't so much a question it was just an observation she was like I'm kind of bored of fat loss like I'm, I might I might change my goal because I'm just a bit bored although I do want to lose more fat and I was like why are you looking towards your diet for entertainment and I, and I guess it's like partly the situation we're in now there just isn't much going on like we're all in lockdown I completely get that people are bored but your diet isn't for entertainment like you can lose fat and live your life that, that's the whole point is that you're dieting to make you feel better so you can perform at your best in the rest of your life not you're dieting for something to do because you're bored so if that that is you then change the way you're thinking about that so a bit of a side note and I'm I'm back to the topic now I totally get the fear of menopause because it sounds awful and all of everything we hear is pretty awful the side effects can be huge it can be deliberating doesn't you know you're not looking forward to going through the menopause but also remember on this point that the loudest voices are the people who have struggled the most you don't hear people shouting and articles written and experiences shared about people who are like yeah it wasn't great but it wasn't that bad or like I didn't actually struggle that much you hear the horror stories so please be aware of that bias And there is a lot that can be done now, especially now with really great forms of hormone replacement therapy. Most of the side effects from menopause come from this drop in estrogen. And if you can take HRT, you'll have a much smoother ride of it. And obviously that's something you need to speak to your GP about that. I'm not gonna start um, (laughs) suggesting anything like that or, or, Um, discussing that like that is a conversation you need to have with your GP and there are some people who won't take HRT for various reasons Uh, not to mention increased cancer risk in some individuals again that is that this is the reason you need to speak to your GP because that may not really apply to you but it does in other situations and there are other things you can do to reduce the side effects and primarily two of these are diet and exercise And the advice we give doesn't massively change. It's not hugely different for someone who's going through the menopause. There might be slightly different, um, slight changes that we make to your diet, your exercise, but honestly, quite minimal. What is different is that it's probably going to be a bit harder. You're probably going to have mood swings due to hormonal fluctuations. You're probably going to have worse cravings. You might not sleep as well. You might have hot flushes. Like, all of these things make it harder but it doesn't necessarily mean that the advice is any different like what built muscle and maintained muscle and helps your bone mineral density pre-menopause is exactly the same as what's going to help you perimenopause and postmenopause, and the same with diet like the principles are the same but you might need some extra support because it might be a lot harder because now you're dealing with a lot of other things as well. It's all these side effects on top of that. And anyone who's had a personal trainer before or has worked with me will know that, I mean, realistically, the exercise and diet part of my coaching is maybe like 30%. Most people, it's a lot of mindset, it's a lot of support, accountability, reassurance, 
education it's not just about oh here's an exercise program and here's some diet advice that's actually quite a small percentage of it and so when I was thinking about answering this question I had to think about like what my fears about aging and like going through menopause etc are and I think for me and maybe this will resonate with others it's the fear of being out of control like I think especially during menopause your mood the potential physical reductions in your capabilities it's often a time when you realize you're aging as well because age just sort of creeps up on you and and as you get older you realize that what you thought was old doesn't seem so old anymore like you know when you're 10 and you're like oh my god 18 so old then you get to 18 and you're like oh my god 25 is so old and you get to 25 and you think oh yeah like 35 is so old and so on and so on menopause almost hits you like okay well actually like this is a kind of this is a point where I do feel like not I and now don't take this out of context please because I'm not saying that people who are going through the menopause are old and I know that some people go through the menopause at a young age as well but for a lot of people it is a point where they're quite like okay well this is a process of aging for most people and thus I can't really deny that it's like almost hitting you in the face that this is a this is a sign that I am getting older which isn't a bad thing so before someone takes offense at that I don't think aging is a bad thing and I know that old is used as like an offensive term almost or or people feel quite disgusted by the oh my god am I old now I think we need to change that I don't think getting older well it's inevitable so there's no point being annoyed by it but I don't think it should be seen as a bad thing. And I think it's also the realization that we probably have to stay, like start taking a bit more time to look after ourselves rather than when we were younger and our bodies would just sort of put up with more. And given that aging is an inevitability, and this is true for everything in life, that you have to accept and come to terms with things that you can't control. And that is gonna allow you to put more time and energy into the things that you can control. People put so much energy into resisting the inevitable and it takes up so much of their brain space. Not accepting reality, unfortunately, doesn't make it less real. I think everyone fears this loss of independence as we age and by far the best thing that you can do for that is to stay active and to exercise and there are decades of research showing that many of the changes that we attribute to aging are actually caused in a large part by disuse and change generally in our lifestyle so we don't move as much as we age and we tend to put on body fat and one study that looked at disuse in particular this is quite like a classic old study and there's been loads loads more research but I think it's quite eloquently done eloquently elegantly done (laughs) um it's called the Dallas bed rest study and it's a bed rest study where they had participants so I think they were university students about 20 years old they, they asked them to stay in bed for three weeks and the researchers found that there were some really big changes 
they all had higher resting heart rates, higher systolic blood pressure, a drop in the heart's capacity to pump blood, uh, increased body fat, unsurprisingly, a fall in muscular strength, all of this in just three weeks. And when they came out, the 20-year-olds had health markers that were typical of 40-year-olds. So they, they had aged, in terms of their health markers, 20 years in three weeks from purely not using their bodies. And what was interesting is that after this, they put these men on an eight-week training plan and the men regained all of these uh, health markers and improved them from the baseline. So like their, their initial testing. And then they followed up these men at 50 and they found that these men, as expected, had gained some body fat, their health markers had generally reduced, their fitness measures were lower. So age had impacted these markers. But, and this is the bit that kind of blows my mind, they still weren't as low. So at the age of 50, these markers still weren't as low as after the three-week bed rest at age 20. That's mad. And anyway, so they followed these people up at 50 and they made them do, made them, they they got them to do a six-month endurance training program. And at the end of this six months, the men averaged about, uh, was, so 10 pounds of body fat, lo- well, weight loss, but their resting heart rates were lower, blood pressure was lower, and their heart's uh, capacity to, to pump blood were back to the levels so all these heart rate blood pressure um cardiac output back to the levels of baseline at 20 in 50 year olds because they'd been exercising yeah, pretty impressive so that means that exercise reversed a hundred percent of the 30 year age related decline in those markers insane thank you exercise and if we look at the impact of exercise and the impact of aging on our bodies you can kind of see why this happens so as you age your heart rate increases your resting heart rate increases when you exercise your resting heart rate decreases as you age, your maximum heart rate decreases. And as you exercise, your maximum heart rate, it will still decrease as you age, but the decrease is slower. Um, Blood pressure, as you age, this tends to increase. As you exercise, this decreases. And by the way, I'm talking about chronic exercise, not acute bouts of exercise, because that's slightly different, obviously. in, in terms of what happens in your blood, the number of red blood cells you have, so they carry oxygen, that decreases as you age. And if you exercise, you can stop this decrease. So you can maintain the amount of red blood cells you have in your body. And for anyone who doesn't really know what red blood cells are or what they do, this is one way that um, Tour de France <laughs> uh, cyclists use their blood to cheat the system a bit so it's called blood doping but basically they're putting often their own blood back into their bodies with a higher amount of red blood cells in and that allows them to pump more oxygen to their working muscles 
what happens in your bones? You normally lose calcium content and the strength of your bones. So this can lead to osteoporosis. And as you age, the calcium content and strength of your bones decreases. As you exercise chronically, this increases. Uh, muscles so unsurprisingly your muscle mass and your strength decrease with age increase with exercise metabolism your metabolic rate decreases with age increases with exercise body fat de increases with age decreases with exercise did i say metabolic rate wrong i'm not sure but basically it decreases with age increases with exercise and that's almost fully due to the amount of lean body mass you have anyway um, but so you could go through so many health markers. I mean, even things like for men, sex hormone levels decrease with age, but you can reduce that decrease by exercising. Blood sugar levels tend to increase when you age, but you can decrease that if you stay active and you exercise. Basically, all of the markers that either increase or decrease in the aging process that have negative outcomes can either be reversed or at least the decline be slowed by exercising. Another study that looked at the impact of activity and exercise and generally just people's health over their life was called the Harvard Alumni Study. And this found that men who exercise regularly are 39% less likely to suffer from heart attacks than people who don't, well, than their peers who didn't exercise regularly. It also found that there was a link between exercise and a reduction in heart attack risk. So those who exercised at a moderate to high intensity had a reduced risk of heart attack of 46%. And in colon cancer, they found that men who were highly active were 47% less likely to develop the disease than their sedentary peers. And obviously this was done on men, but there's also a strong link between breast cancer, obesity and inactivity too. So for women, there will certainly be a reduction in your risk of developing breast cancer. And the other important thing is even if you do develop these diseases, you know, you're someone who's stayed really healthy and, and just is unlucky that you do happen to develop cancer or you do have a stroke or a heart attack, you are putting yourself in a far better position to make a full recovery from that, to be able to withstand treatment and to be able to recover quicker and faster. So essentially, there are literally thousands of studies showing that regular exercise prolongs life and reduces the burden of disease and disability as you age and if that is not a reason to exercise then I don't know what is and if you have a fear of aging then blow in exercise because that's probably the only thing that is going to allow you to at least slow the aging process and in some people like kind I mean you could kind of claim it reverses it especially if you're someone who's sedentary like you could be sedentary now at 40 but have the physical capabilities of someone who's like 70 but active 
And then if you actually start exercising, then you're 40, but maybe you have the physical capabilities and the health markers of someone who's closer to 25 or 30. So I know I started this podcast by saying aging is inevitable. If there is anything that can stop aging, it's exercise and staying active. And that can be as little as walking. Like it doesn't have to be hours and hours in the gym every day or dripping in sweat. And this is a study from, I think it might've been a subsection of the Harvard alumni study. And it looked at sedentary men who began exercising at the age of 45 and they experienced a 24% lower death rate than their classmates who remained inactive. And the maximum benefits were linked to the amount of exercise. So even the equivalent of walking for 45 minutes a day was enough to have this impact. And they found that on average, sedentary people gained about 1.6 years of life expectancy from becoming active later in life. So if you're like, "Um, I'm already 60, there's no point. Yes, there is. Like there is always a point. And obviously if you're older, please be careful and make sure that you're not just suddenly starting some crazy hip uh, protocol or doing something, you know, take it easy, but know that it, it will still add years to your life. And more to the point, add quality years to your life, add disease free, add years where you're still self-sufficient and you're not relying on anyone and you have independence. I think I've uh, done enough on the exercise front, basically take home, you should be exercising. And then one other thing I thought about when I was thinking about this question was the notion that those were the best years of your life or, you know, thinking back to certain periods of time and thinking that. And I think that's so unhelpful. Like I loved uni. And I know that most people are like, oh, uni's the best years of your life. No, it wasn't. Like, they are 100% still to come. My life just keeps getting better and better. And it's not necessarily because it is, because that's always going to be someone's, I mean, I guess your own perception of your life. And you choose that. Like, you choose how you think about your life. If you're stuck in the mindset of, I've already lived my best years, then, I mean, good luck, because that that's probably going to come true like if you think that then it's kind of true there is no definition of you've had the best years of your life so if you've chosen to think that then yeah you probably have and it's very easy to look back with bias and only remember the smiles and the photos but even then you had down days and you were stressed and you were dealing with shit and I mean (laughs) you probably thought that you were really stressed at university like I remember thinking I was really stressed at university (laughs) which now looking back I'm like oh (laughs) if only I only had those life stresses now but we do that throughout our lives so like when you were at school doing exams you were probably like oh my god these GCSEs the most stressful things I've I've ever experienced and then the next year you do your A-levels and you're like oh my god, I wish I was doing GCSEs, they were so much easier. And then you get to uni and you're like, oh, school was so easy, this is so much harder. And then as soon as you leave uni, you're like, oh my god, I actually have to have a job and make money. (laughs) This is far worse. But basically, you're always biased as to how you feel now. You'll likely move on to the next phase of your life and 
think that this part that you're in right now was the easy part too. Like as much as we're in lockdown and things and you might be like, oh, this is so stressful. When we get back out, you'll find something else to be stressful about. You'll be like, oh, I wish we were still in lockdown. It was so much less stressful. I didn't have to do anything. My biggest fear, I've come to this realization just talking to myself in this podcast. My biggest fear is regret. And ironically, your biggest regret will be wasting time worrying about what's to come instead of enjoying where you are and embracing where you are or at least accepting it and accepting the inevitable changes that will happen in your body as you age. Like there is a lot you can do about it and hopefully listening to the benefits of exercise there has massively helped and and will motivate you to do that and to continue to do that. And I think encouraging that for me and my business as a personal trainer, not just for my clients who are potentially worried about aging, but for people who are so obsessed with this weight loss goal or this body goal or how they look or seeing changes, like seeing these physical changes and they're like, get in this mindset of, oh, I'm gonna give up because I've not seen a drop in the scales. Now you see how fucking ridiculous that is. Sorry, I never swear, but this this time was, I needed that swear word. It's so ridiculous when you see all the benefits of exercise and you're worried about what the scale says. Like it is irrelevant in relation to how important exercise is for your body, for your health. So to my client who has a fear of aging, I want you to stop that mindset because it's gonna stop you enjoying the now. And that will probably be your biggest regret. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. It was kind of off the cuff, but hopefully it makes sense. It's been useful. I did go on a I love exercise for health segue, which is probably my favorite topic. So I have to say I actually quite enjoyed that. If you are interested in online coaching, head to www.esgfitness.co.uk. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please do give it a share, tag me in your stories, let me know your thoughts about it, rate it on Amazon, review it on Amazon, (laughs) iTunes, Blum and Hell. Right, okay, I'm gonna end here.